0: This summer, we will hold separate but simultaneous staff and listener elections for half the seats of the local station board. Please consider running for the board to ensure that the need of the station in our community are met. Candidate nominations opens on June 1st and close June 30th. To run or vote in the upcoming election, you must be a member of KPFA by June 30th. For listeners, this means a donation of at least $25 between July 1st of last year and June 30th of this year, or three hours of volunteer station work, or a hardship waiver. To see the election calendar or download a nomination package, please visit election.pacifica.org or call 510-848-6767, extension 605. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley,
1: 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.31. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Javelin Richards.
0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Cover to Cover Javelin's Bistro Open Book, where whenever I am with you, I try to bring you something creative, inspiring, something that might touch you, something that moves our humanity forward through film, through literature, through poetry, through dance. Whatever I find in the world to offer us to share together, and today I'm doing it again. I am going to be interviewing Teresa W. Bennett-Wilkes. Teresa Bennett-Wilkes hails from the Pacific Northwest and grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. She is a second-generation Bennett-Bell, an alumni of the oldest of two historically black colleges for women, Bennett College in Greensboro, North Carolina. She lived and worked for many years in England and now resides in High Point, North Carolina where she is Adjunct Professor of Communications. She travels extensively with her husband, Willie, collecting art and literature. You can always catch up. To Teresa on her website at www.alwaysteresa.com, And so today we're going to talk about an adventure her and I had together. She's going to read from her novel, Anime and a Preacher, which is a collection of short stories. And she's also working on a new novel that I had an opportunity to read a clips of it last night. And oh my God, (laughs) good afternoon, Teresa. Good afternoon, Doblin. <laughs> you, you're being very bad, sending me that <laughs> excerpts of your work and leaving me. Why didn't you just throw me in the desert and just give me a cactus and say, try to get some water out of it? What's that going on? Woman, oh, my gosh, beautiful. This novel that's coming out is going to be incredible. So, oh, thank you. Oh, really, really. It is definitely, you're, you're starting right off and you're right getting us really hungry to find out um, about the love story between the woman in the bathroom. And she's sobbing for hours. And I'm like, whoa, where is this going? And so it's going to be very interesting. But I won't say any more about that because then the audience will say, well, what is Javelin talking about? I'm talking about uh, Teresa's novel that will be coming out at some point. But right now we're going to talk more about Adam and the Preacher. And we're going to talk about an ex- experiment that you trusted me with to actually go to Bennett College and work with uh, the women there with Anna and the preacher. Give us a, um, a picture of what that looked like for the audience. We We
1: in the audience were treated to... The genre that you call read between the lines, where you took the title story of my collection, okay. anime and the preacher, and you used uh, eight of my little sisters. Well, several of them have graduated now, and they read the story while you um, plumbed the depths, if you will, of anime her ex-husband, Dinky, and Reverend Brother Pastor, Reverend Dr. Clinton Forbes. It was, at, at by turns, really funny, really deep, and just an incredible experience to see something that was written to be a story, uh, to be read, and see it brought to life. And remain and maintain its authenticity, and yet reveal um aspects of the characters that not that, that aren't as easily picked up uh, i've I've had so many people who who attended one of the two nights of the production tell me, "Oh man, I really enjoyed it and um So I won't give the story away. A lot of the comments have focused on Anna Mae herself.
0: And... Reverend Dr. Forbes. Um. Yes. So another extension of what happened too for the listening audience. First of all, I'm very interested in black women in literature and the voices of black women and children. I call them the nappy-headed love stories that I seek out in my own writing and others' writing. Black love and intimacy that is is not always on the forefront of consciousness. When I read Teresa's book um, months ago, I began to ask, what is the difference in in themes. So, if you have a theme of love, you have a theme of death, you have a theme of um, uh, sexism. Whatever the theme is in our lives, they're played out culturally with with nuances and details that are very specific. That I believe is our spiritual DNA information what we come to the planet with. So, Teresa takes African American characters and put them in situations at a situation that are universal. But the details in which it's played out is very specific to African-American culture. So in this particular story, Anime and the Preacher... They're best friends, and they're going to church. But they don't attend this church. But they heard there's this fine preacher who's coming in, and that the former preacher been thrown out the church. So on stage, you actually, in the audience, you actually experience the nuances of a black church, which is bumping and thumping with gossip and music and preaching and singing and screaming. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I wanted to. If you can imagine when you read, and I know you can, my listening audience, you're um, you're listening to me interview Teresa Bennett-Wilkes, KPFA um, 94.1. When we read a book... There is an activity happening in our head. We have questions in our imagination. So I asked Teresa if she would give me the space to have these wonderful women read the story aloud in their different voices and activities on stage, everything exactly as Teresa wrote it, and that when I said bookmark, they freeze a frozen picture of beautiful black women on stage. And then I, Javelin, the improvisational narrative performance artist, I would begin to read what I was experiencing between the lines. Like the main character, Anna Mae, who is sexy and beautiful, and she's an older woman with gray hair and still fine as wine and whatever else she brings to the table. (laughs) Yeah. You you have some serious characters. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, and so I tried to reveal to the audience what makes a woman like Anna May, not just her physical presence, but why other women isolate her. We talk about internalized sexism. Why men stop at her beauty and go no further? Why does that exist in our lives that we have to rely on just our, our beauty to move forward because that's the only option? Mm. And, so, mm. and, and Teresa trusted that experience.
1: Yeah, I did. I I trusted you with it. Um, I felt that you would be honest, that you would be authentic, but I also wanted to see where it would go. And Anna Mae, as you brought her alive... And and literally what you did was what I would call a backstory. That mm-hmm. and, and the backstory provided some 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 information about the woman herself that isn't written in the story but gives you a sense of who she is, what she's been through, as you said, she, she's a woman who's been pursued, but who isn't necessarily appreciated for anything other than her physical attributes, uh, a woman who has experienced pain. After all, her husband, she and her husband split up because of his philandering, uh, and, and she, you know, keeps all of this deep inside of her, and yet when you did, when you did her, and for for lack of a better term, but when you did her, when you brought her out, it became more obvious that she was looking for something. And what I remember when I got home that night, I I, I called you because I'm like, oh my goodness, I just realized something about my own character. <laughs> And and we had to talk because I I was wired for sound. I was so excited about what I saw. I I enjoyed it. Oh, I enjoyed it. But I also got some insights into my own work, and that is a testament to your gifts, your talents your creativity, but it's also the kind of thing that's supposed to happen in visual, in in art. There's supposed to be, there should be a reaction. You should forge a connection with your reader or your audience. And you did that in a very strong way. I mean, um, I've got a friend that, that I talk to every week, and she she she's trying to finish anime and the preacher. She's trying to finish the book. But she says every time she reads another story, she goes back to read
0: anime and the preacher. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's so funny. It is. <laughs> it's so But You know, I, I think we spoiled them, folks. I think the students spoiled them. Everybody. Because you remember the woman who did the, 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 the oh, my God! First of all, let's just do this here, okay, because I can get excited over the writing and the performance. But my goal, again, it really is to shift the way we see literature and shift the way we see theater and shift the way we see what improv can do on stage because i want to take the isolation people reading books in their house in their bathroom and having all this other stuff go on i want to bring it to a larger audience and most specifically i want to focus on black and brown women literature not as mm-hmm. just a matter of it's beca- uh, it, but it is a matter of voices that are not heard as much and exactly. i think it does cultivate a uh Integration of all of our lives, and we see other cultures played out in front of us. We begin to have a conversation. So it's, it's that's that's my way. I'm not one to stand out on a on, a, on the streets protesting. I have, I have issues with noise levels and crowds. But I'm <laughs> okay, right? So okay. I can't. Um, but what I can do is try to find the work I do best, and that is to witness the beauty that's in front of me and see how I can support that and shift that and and transform something, and we did that. So now what I'd like for you to do is to have our listening audience, KPFA 94.1, be able to hear your writing. And I'm going to sit here and pretend in my head what I discover. So what what would you like to read from your collection of short stories, Anime and the Preacher?
1: I'm going to read a passage, a couple of passages from a much married woman.
0: Okay, and so as as my listening audience, if you can participate, in, uh, if you have the chance, unless you're driving an airplane or something, to close your eyes and experience the story. Please be safe. If, you, if you're on the road, please be safe. Right if, you, right, if you drive in some vehicle, that's a danger. That could be, don't close your eyes. But if you're not and you have a moment, close your eyes, hear the, what this excerpt of the story, and see what you read between the lines. See what, ex, what experiences experience you have, if any, at all. All right. Let's go for it.
1: Oh, yeah, baby. Your mama worked like a dog back then, doing hair, sang in every place I could. Then wouldn't you know it? Old Louis knocked me up, Freddie. She slurred. I just wanted to die. We did not need no baby. I was supposed to be a jazz singer. Ernestine was drunk and near tears. A damn baby messed it all up. Don't you and Miss Fang have no babies because they trouble. Nothing but trouble, you hear? Old Lewis made me quit singing and come home. Tears streamed down her face. She looked old, tired, and wore out. Yeah, I could still fly hair, but not sing. Old Lewis told me, said, Don't nobody want to see a pregnant woman on a stage trying to sing? Home is where you belong. He pissed me off so bad, I tried to kill my own baby. I drank all the scotch and gin I could get my hands on. I took aspirins every day. I banged my butt every which way. I did not care. Why should I? I ain't told Lewis I wanted no baby. He just got in my stuff, damn him. Freddie sat there, unable to speak. One day I start bleeding and cramping. I was at the shop, me and Olafay. She called for Lewis, but couldn't find his sorry ass anywhere. He sure wasn't at no job. The ambulance took me to the hospital. I swear I tried to die. I hurt so bad. They kept telling me not to push, but the pain was kicking my body. Sixteen hours later, I had me a little boy. He was so tiny. Barely weighed a few pounds. Lewis named his boy after his self. I was too sick and tired to care much, or, or so I thought. I called him Sonny. He had all kind of problems. Couldn't breathe on his own, and he had jaundice, or whatever y'all call it, or however you call it. 24 hours after he come here, he died. Lewis, your step saw. The so sorry sucker ain't been. Pre- Ernestine slumped forward, covered her face with her hands, and so we, wait,
0: I'ma jump in there. I think we may have hit a, a FCC with a couple of the oh. words I. Have. <laughs> 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 uh. Are we still on the air? Yeah, we, we're on the air, but the engineer, I saw her moving her head back and forth, but I thought maybe she was. And then all of a sudden she looked at me after another word popped out. I said, oh my gosh. Yeah, there's certain words that we don't say on the air. But that being said, let's talk about the psychology of this story. <laughs> right. So here's a woman. Now, first of all, what what, uh, time frame did you place this story in?
1: Oh, this was probably the mid 50s.
0: Yeah.
1: Or so. And here's the the basic, here's the synopsis Aunt Bertha is a much married woman, and she and her husband, Benny, are godparents to her grandniece, Iris. And Iris has come to visit with them because she talks to them when she wants to, uh, confide she about herself and things that matter to her, she comes to them. And Iris' husband has left her for another woman. And if you really want to know who the woman is, you can buy the book. It's available on Amazon. Anime and the Preacher, a collection, of short story. But anyway, she comes to visit them because she's met a new man who doesn't care about her past, who loves her, wants to marry her, and she's terrified. So Aunt Bertha decides that she needs to get Iris. Straight by telling her about her own experiences with love and marriage and and the ups and downs of, of um, interpersonal relationships. And um, our Bertha had married Freddie. She was a, he was a singer. She met at a club on Shattuck Avenue in, in in Oakland, and they married after a very brief courtship without really getting to know each other. And she's actually on what she kind of thinks is her honeymoon. And she overhears a conversation between Mm her husband and his mother, in which his mother really is just, she's drunk, but she's also really just talking to him about what she went through as a woman and the sacrifices that she made, the career that she desired that her husband took from her, and her issue is that he took from her because she was his wife, and he felt that he could do whatever he wanted to do, you know, he he tells her she can't sing because she's pregnant, she needs to be at home, and he doesn't let up until he gets her pregnant and she has a child, she actually has two, she has two boys.
0: And see if we reflect uh, back to what I was saying in terms of their theme, universal things in all of our lives, men and women. The theme of the vulnerability of being a woman in regards to what legal rights women have. There's a mm-hmm. woman at a time in history when abortion probably for her was not an option or an open discussion as we as we have it now.
1: Exactly. And exactly. so she's
0: drinking and taking pills and knocking her behind against stuff to try to start that process, but it's not working. There's the issue of the pregnancy. Don't nobody want to see a pregnant woman on stage singing. And we still have those biases. We look in the mainstream, media in regards to um actresses out there and it's, it's the big thing that the thing that i've been hearing is is that they have a baby bump or they don't want to they don't want to appear to be seven eight nine months pregnant they want to stay as thin as they can and then afterwards regain their body back uh, or better than before they was pregnant so we still have this this thing against women and birth and and children and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and her and and not being able to really enjoy experience loving a baby when it comes down to not having birth control and you're just pregnant and you' and you think that your career is over, and that's part of why taking these these universal themes and then showing them very pacific very pacific how they play out in women of color's lives is where i think that universal connection for all people to gather and say oh that's that's a part of my own story or my grandmother's story or my cousin's story and that's why i want to have more v- diversity of voices on stage which is why i do the the improvisation between the lines to just show that and when you were reading well, it yeah. Hmm. I think you love Ernestine. <laughs> Ernestine. Now, can you read another excerpt, but a little less colorful? <laughs> did, did uh, you, have uh, okay. you have one that's a little G-rated uh, in terms of the language? Because the, the the point of the story was just wonderful, yeah. but how mm-hmm. she had to execute it would be how she would execute it. She drinking, half drunk, and crying. She's going to say some things that are certainly a little stronger than, ouch. But if you could read another excerpt to give another, because one of the good news about that I experienced with your writing is that each level of your writing uh, has its own breath, its own style. So that no two, it's your stories, but you you break them up so that as if other people had written them. And I've said that before about your work. It's like reading an anthology. But it's just, it's you. It's Teresa Bennett. Yeah. So read us, what would you like to read us next? Uh, I'm going to read
1: portions of the letter Layla Rose wrote to her husband from The a,
0: a Dutiful Wife. The Dutiful Wife. Forty. So set us up about mm-hmm. the, the, what is the story about?
1: Um, a man who's been taught by his mother that the only good wife was a dutiful wife, and his wife leaves him. And she takes the time to write a letter To him, which she takes to the TV set to tell him why she's gone. And the story also takes a look at how significant the gap, the disconnect is between him and his wife and his ability to, to actually understand and appreciate her as a person. Uh, a woman with feelings, someone with dreams, wants, needs, and desires, as opposed to a fixture who exists for his um, gratification.
0: And how long have they been married?
1: The uh, story doesn't say. Okay. Not a long. I wouldn't say a long time. Wasn't a. But the story doesn't say. She doesn't. They
0: have a child together. Not this one. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. then someone had a child who had a baby out of, um, as they called it, then wedlock.
1: Not
0: this story. Okay. There's a couple others. Okay. Um, if you are
1: reading this letter, then you already know I am gone. I hardly know where to begin, but I guess the day of our wedding is as good a place as any to start. You see, I owe you an apology of sorts. I married you for the wrong reasons. It sure wasn't for love. And forget about companionship. You see, I have had enough. Our marriage is a joke, and I don't care who knows it. I feel like I can deal with those hags and busybodies at your church now. I can even face off with your snobbish mother I want a life filled with meaning and purpose, not glitter. I don't need a man to validate my existence. I was a whole person when I married you. Sadly, I lost sight of this fact. I hate the house, your house. I don't feel comfortable there. Besides, you picked out the furniture and the accessories. I was just another decoration. I cannot live with myself and be part of the lie we called our marriage, so I am out of here. Hot tears stung his eyelids and his nose began to rhyme. He felt old, used up, and powerless. Another woman walked out on him, porgy. Another woman found him out and left him looking like a fool. Clara didn't tell him about rejection. She never counseled him on women's feelings. How could he mess up so badly again? His parents' marriage lasted more than 50 years, and here he was, down by two. He knew very little about their relationship, though. He couldn't point to anything suggesting love, affection, or even closeness. Yet they were still together. They were growing old together. They seemed happy and content with each other. What, he wondered, must just feel like.
0: You know, Sarah, uh, that story, that, that, if I was on stage with that story, I would really want to um, bookmark and really be to speak to his, his stuff, his, what he might have lost. In not being evolved (laughs) consciously in his heart and spirit where he has a a revelation that that he too has missed out on all the things that's in that letter. That he too has not had a chance to fill his own life. He too may not even like the things in his house. He may discover as
1: a matter of fact, he yeah. doesn't he once she leaves him and he begins to look around the house, he does go through that. He does realize that they don't have any meaning because they're you know he he his reasons for purchasing them was to create something that other people would envy covet mhm. Are you, you've already pegged them.
0: Yeah, because there's I think there's so, it's you know, I like to have the balance. Like, how does a man, a person, a partner feel as well? And what, if you deny, if it's not even denying a person. as She was a, she was a whole person, and then she had to give up so many parts of herself. The fact of the matter is, he had to give up parts of himself that probably wasn't even made available because the fact of the matter, he didn't grow up in a household with interconnectedness and intimacy and love and affection. He has no clue there's another world in this last mm. moment teresa give us we have about a minute and a half if that let us know where we can get hold of you you can reach me uh via my website
1: uh always teresa.com and there's an h in my teresa there's a contact link on there and uh if you fill out the contact sheet i'll get it and i'll get contact form and i'll get it and i'll
0: respond right um with well, thank you for hanging out with me this afternoon i know oh, it's a, thank you're you. welcome
1: they, they always go by so fast i
0: know and i'll see everybody oh. the next time i see you you've been listening to jovelin's bistro cover to cover have a fabulous rest of the day
1: In sports, as in life, sometimes you just have to step up. If you're one of those people who believes in something or someone and find them at a critical juncture, you step up and do what you can do to help. Sometimes those people are called heroes. We simply call them our listeners who have always been
0: there for us and the community we serve. Right now, KPFA is walking a fiscal tightrope without a net we find ourselves at a critical juncture just like the country and we desperately want to be able to
1: provide you with non-filtered coverage in this election season if you haven't stepped up in a while and donated be a hero go to kpfa.org and click the support button step up